I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. in school and we, we would sit and they would put the 73 cup run on the telly and stuff and we would have lessons focused on the FA Cup because that, <laughs> that, that's how you know really everybody was really gripped with the, I mean, the it cup favour at the time it, it was ni- it was only 19 years after 1973 and you think about now if we, we sort of look back on things like Quinn and Phillips and it's a, it's the same length of time but it feels like yesterday so for a lot of people and obviously you were at that cup final so in 73 like you say yeah, Sunderland was, yeah. fan only the fourth manager ever to lead Sunderland out at a cup final an FA cup final right. I bet you when you were there in 1973 watching it you bet you were dreaming that you would have been Porterfield but I guess the next best the next, next best thing is to, to be the manager of the team at the, in the cup final for, you, for your hometown team yeah, I'd, I knew as a player, I don't think I was ever going to get to a cup final. I didn't think I, I think I knew myself I wasn't good enough to play at that level. Um, so, yeah, next best thing is if you, well, you never even think about managing a team and bringing them out here, but, you know, like Porterfield uh, and Bob Stoko, when you think of how it's just everybody, everybody, even today, talks about it. Nearly every day, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Winning the cup, it's a massive thing for Sunderland, isn't it? And uh, unfortunately, you know, we we couldn't do that. You could have had a start you next to next to Bob's. Aye, I would have been <laughs> next. <wouldn't it>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you're given the job on a permanent basis a couple of days before. I think when we secured our our league status, is that I right? think it was. Yeah, I think we were at Blackburn when uh, Bob Murray announced I was being okay. to the draw manager. two to a Blackburn. Yeah. Yeah, and then we finish the season by drawing two to Cambridge. Then we have the cup final. Um, We're just going to gloss over. <laughs> no, no, no. Then we have a cup final. We'll move on from that. <laughs> that um, is lots of little stories and subplots, you know, going around at this point. You, you're obviously one of them because you, you've taken over as caretaker manager. You put the second division or first division, it might have been then or whatever it was, uh, Sunderland side, taking them all the way at the cup final. John Byrne had scored in every single round. Yeah, up until that point. Um, Graham Sooners had taken ill, hadn't he? Yeah, um, he had a before. hard bypass, mm. I think, Graham. Um, so he wasn't going to lead his team out of Wembley. There were there were lots of story. There was lots of national and international interest in this cup final. And again, that was a good Liverpool team, wasn't it? Well, they had loads of talented players, you know. And um, if I remember rightly, I'm sure John Barnes was there, and I think he might have been injured. He didn't play. They had, they had, they had a hell of a team. Good st- Liverpool. Bruce Gwobbler, then goal Rob Jones, David Burrows, Steve Nickel, Mark Wright, Jan Molby, Ray Houghton, Steve McManaman, Michael Thomas, Ian Rush, Dean Saunders. 
Yeah, not bad, eh? <laughs> <laughs> not bad, that. So, you know, the, the one thing we worked on, we thought we could, we could score from set players because we knew it was going to be hard in open play, you know, because they, they were a talented team. But to be fair, in the first half, we, were, we matched them. Mm. We, were, we were as good. And we could have scored a couple. They could have. But I, I've never looked at, I've never watched the game. I couldn't bear to watch that game again because after they scored the first goal, it just became a real tough job for mm. the boys, you know. And I, I do look back still and think, I do think there was like some kind of fatigue in there as well. Because for two weeks, I think we'd played like eight games or something ridiculous, seven games. You know, and if mm. you're a top sportsman, you, you, you don't. You don't play that many games, top footballers, you know, and it, it takes a lot out of you. So I think once the goal went in early on in the second half, I just think it sort of knocked them mm. back a lot. And Do all of a sudden, from being energised, they lost a lot of energy, you know. Going back slightly yeah. to the semi-finals, Portsmouth so mm. close to beating Liverpool. I bet you it was, it was Darren Anderton, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, the, and you yeah. could you. you they went to a replay and yeah, lost they on penalties. They went to the replay and lost on penalties. Lost on penalties. Yeah. So yeah. I bet you you must have been thinking, I could be playing Portsmouth in the FA Cup final. What an opportunity that would have been. I wanted Portsmouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. want Liverpool. Because <laughs> yeah. Portsmouth, like us, were in the, in the second tier yeah. at the time yeah. as well. Yeah. Mind you, I don't think we were that... I don't know how our record is against Portsmouth. I'm not sure if it was that good, to be honest. Um, probably better than against Liverpool. Probably, yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah. But uh, no, you do. You, you want Portsmouth, just like Portsmouth. We're hoping uh, they'd get through and you know beat Sunderland. That's that's the way you look at it. Uh, but it wasn't to be. And uh, the next best thing, well, we'll have Liverpool. In. We beat Portsmouth at home that season, one 0 Oh yeah. yeah, that was when I was with Dennis. I think. I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. I think I'd gone in as the first team coach and we won 1 0. Yeah, yeah 1 0. And we lost yeah. 1 0 away from home, so quite yeah. even with that. Yeah. Um, you talk about sliding doors moments as well. and it, The story was written for John Byrne to score, and he missed a glorious chance at 0 0. How different? Do you really think it could have been different if you scored that? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah, if you score first, you know, it opens the game up. They would have opened the game up as well, Liverpool. So you would have found more space to go on and counter attack Liverpool. Uh, but again, it wasn't to be, you know, you, you're in football and, you know, a long time ago. So it's, you can't really keep looking back on these things, really, <laughs> as, a, as a football person, yeah. you know, just uh, drive, you, drive you crazy. So Did you have selection dilemmas ahead of that final it must be yeah uh, you, 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 I mean not as hard as a player being left out but you've still got to make difficult decisions and think somebody's, I'm going to break somebody's heart here by, by not including them in the squad in some cases well I mean I, I left um, Kieran Brady out of the squad because he I had him on the bench in every game he'd put weight on and I asked him to lose the weight and I actually told Kieran you will either be on the bench or you'll be playing and that was at least three weeks before the cup final. And he put more weight on. So, <laughs> you know, I, f I was a bit, I was disappointed that somebody would not really grasp that and think, I'm going to be at Wembley and I'm going to be on the bench, at least. 
So that was disappointing for hit for hit for me. It was disappointing. I mean, we, 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 I mean, we speak to Kieran regularly, yeah. and it's funny that Dennis, when we met him, and you speak about Kieran in exactly the same way. And when I say that, I don't mean in the words you're saying. It's your expression and your body language when you talk about him. It's almost like a frustration, a disappointment. You know that it's like I can't. We had this player who could have been, you know, one of the best. As good as anybody. Yeah. And it's, what it, could it, it I didn't do? Happen, you know, what yeah. could Dennis do? You, you couldn't say, right, I'm putting in a sauna for a week, you know, and I'll come back next week and open it up. <laughs> you know, he, he, it was up to him. It's like everything. It's up to you, the individual, to uh, get it right. Uh, and I couldn't put an overweight Kieran Brady on the bench. And it was sad because he had the ability to, like, unlock good defenders you know a good defence so that was and Bernie you know I love Bernie the bits because I played with him at York and he was well it, it, I remember Den he used to fine him Dennis because he used to try and nutmeg everybody <laughs> and uh, Den started fining him you know because he'd overdo it like he'd go on a run and try and nutmeg at least three <laughs> and uh, Den started fining him if he didn't square it across the box for people to put it in the net and stuff like that and it was the best thing ever happened to him you know but I do remember um, before Dennis came, the manager was a caretaker manager called Kevin Randall, and he played for Chesterfield for years. He was a good, good lad, good bloke, and we played at Crew, and Bernie come on as a sub, and you know the chance he missed at Wembley, mm. where he just miscued it. Yeah. He did that against Crew. We're getting beat one 0 and the manager accused him of missing on purpose, right? And uh, he was only like. 18 I think and I was saying no no gaffer he didn't miss it on purpose you know he wouldn't do that he did he did and he's like we're in the changing room arguing I said no he wouldn't do it and I was sticking up for Bernie and I think he did that at Wembley he did it on purpose (laughs) (laughs) oh what could have been I I remember going up like I say I was was good at that I couldn't get a ticket because it was the only season we didn't have season tickets and I went every cup game apart from the final yeah it's a shame Um, I know it was a rubbish game wasn't it but but even (laughs) watching that that burn chance the house went up because people thought it was in at first when it left his foot and then it skewed I can't remember skewed wide or something like that didn't it but that it's a shame the FA Cup doesn't sort of carry that same prestige anymore now it doesn't appear to anywhere but that that You've said you don't watch your back or you don't think about it too much, but that whole day and the occasion, and everything must just be just be amazing that you can live with that and, and, and take that. Memory well, it was you. amazing, but the biggest thing is you've got to win it, yeah. and that's the you know it, nobody. If somebody said uh, if you weren't a Sunderland fan, you know, on you northeast, nobody would know like who I managed in nineteen ninety two in a cup final, you know. And, and lost they probably remember who won it they probably a lot of people don't remember who who lost it and that was the side you, you've got to win it you know and that mm. was a massive like disappointment I mean they had done fantastic to get there and it was a fantastic achievement don't get me wrong it's not easy people say oh you know you only have to pay like six games and you're there or whatever well we had more than six games really yeah. mm. against yeah. better teams as well I played three you know Three yeah. top flight teams in the well, four top flight teams in the final and, four rounds. Yeah. So. so you know, it is it's difficult to get there. The cup now, I don't like this business where the top teams 
they play half a team or whatever and then you know they end up getting beat and it basically tells you that it's not that as important which is sad because really the top team should be wanting to win the FA Cup still and, and I think you know yeah they've got a lot of talented players these top clubs but you know put your best team out you've got you've probably got a week's rest after beating somebody you know or get 3-0 mm. up and mm. put your subs on right. give them a game you, you know you don't get a statue built outside the stadium for you if you beat Stoke away on a Tuesday night do you no, no exactly exactly so you know it was a it was a massive thing but that was the biggest blow you know mm. you don't win it and uh I think after the game, I'm sure we got the players got uh, given the winners' medals. Yeah, they did. Because I said to Rushy, which was not a good one. Like when I said to Rushy, "You've got a winners' medal," I thought he'd be straight off, like straight <laughs> off up the road with it. <laughs> I said, "Better hand that back." <laughs> yeah, it was. How can you get that wrong? I know. I he know. must have had a few red wines. Whoever dished the medals out that day. <laughs> Um, you're, you're permanent manager now and it, it, it just seemed remarkable at the time that Sunderland didn't complete this story and win the cup because it, it seemed like the stars were lying it was going to happen Burr missed <laughs> that chance but we didn't and we, and we lost the game um, when did you start to think about the, the following season after that I, I guess a fo- the correct answer in football terms would be oh the next day but you're, you're human as well and you've got a disappointment to come down from well we went away had a week away uh, with the team and Bob Murray was brilliant he said you can take them anywhere you want in the world for a week and they all went we want to go to Magaluf <laughs> and I was like I can't believe this I had a hol- nice holiday plan somewhere really nice <laughs> and I, I let the players decide you know they'd, they'd done the work and Bob was brilliant and when they said Magaluf like, I was like oh my god so basically I was babysitting that week for, for all that all uh, the crew um, and then obviously you come back and you start planning your season and I had Roger Jones working with me who Rog was a great mate of mine and again he'd played at York um, and he was a big mate at Dennis and Vibs Roger Jones but he wasn't a coach as such so I needed a, I needed a coach and I wanted George Armstrong and so that was my first move. I needed to get a coach in to help me. And George, I, I had high regards, you know, and I, he was a great fella. But I'd only been given a one-year contract, and that was a stumbling block for me because really, you know, as a manager, you need more than one year. And George said, look, I'm at Arsenal. I'm here for, like, next three years, taking the reserves. I'm not going to come to Sunderland for one year. So that was that one out of the way. Then I went and got Bobby Ferguson, who I knew from Kuwait. Both of them worked in Kuwait, and mm-hmm. I met them there. And uh, funny enough, George Heard, he was out there as well when I first went to Kuwait, ex-Sunderland. But um, Bobby came in, and Bobby had been a top coach. Um, but he'd lost that, you know, he'd been a top coach and manager at Ipswich, but he'd lost that high energy that he had and um, I, I, I probably God bless him you know he's passed away now but I, I probably should have just stuck to what I was doing kept just worked on my own and did the coaching but I think it might have been too much for me mm. but possibly I, I should have given myself a bit more time 
to see about getting somebody in. This is your first um, transfer window, I guess, as a manager, because you've always been a coach up until this point, and now you've got to yeah. start. You've got to start thinking about signing players. Is that something that you enjoyed or come natural to you, or you, you brought John Calhoun in from Millwall? Yeah. Which cost four hundred thousand around at that point, ish. I'm not sure if he cost that much. Not sure. Uh, I, I can't remember how much he cost. I can't remember how much he cost. Um, he, he didn't turn out to be a good signing for centre forward, particularly he didn't score goals. But uh, you know, like like most managers, you, you don't know this at the time. You think you're making the right decision. Um, what was interesting was a couple of months later, John Byrne went the other way. Well. Going back to John Calhoun, I, 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 I thought, uh, as time went on, I thought he was playing really well. And then he got a really bad back injury. And he, I think he was out for the rest of the season, if I remember rightly. So I lost him. Bernie, he decided, you know, it was like anything. Um, he wanted a bigger, he wanted a better contract. Um, I felt they'd offered it. They'd offered him a decent contract. Um, I couldn't argue with that one. And he wasn't having it. Obviously, Millwall wanted him. Made his mind up he wanted to go to Millwall, so I wasn't going to stand in his way if he wasn't happy. We got money for him. And he went to Millwall, and obviously it was a a disaster for him. Mm. And he regrets it, because I I still speak to him. I think most Sunderland fans do. It's such a shame that his career was so short at Sunderland. Because he was very, very popular in the stands, wasn't he? Dennis had been trying to get him as well, hadn't he, before then? So, you know, it always felt as, you know, he was going to get here one way or the other, but didn't stay for very long, obviously. Well, he knew he was popular. He he knew everybody loved him, you know. And why wouldn't you stay at a club like, a big, big club? Millwall's a a good club and a big club because it's got a good stadium and everything. But it's not as good, it's not as big as Sunderland, you know. And I don't know how much money John got when he went to Millwall. I'm, I wasn't interested if he he wasn't happy and he wanted to leave. Then as long as I got a fee for him, and I, I will go elsewhere, you know. And it was a shame, and I could never understand players leaving Sunderland and going to uh, smaller clubs. And it's probably at the end of the day, it's probably because they're getting a little bit more money. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
you make another signing that summer, and th- this might have been where you used your focus and connection. But Terry Butcher had been had been retired for a few months. He did. This is Terry Butcher as well. Not at the height of his fame, but this is only two years after yeah. Italian ninety. So Terry Butcher is a very famous person in the world of football. He'd been to Coventry as player manager. That hadn't worked out from there. He hadn't been playing, and then you 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 go and have a chat with him and bring decide to bring him in. Well, Bobby, Bobby obviously, uh, you know, recommended him, and uh, we did bring him in. And in all honesty, Terry, when he started playing for us, I thought he did really well. Um, I think he'd had big problems with his knees. I think. Um, but we were managing that and you know um, alright I know what happened <laughs> later on but bringing him in you know I, I felt that he did quite a good job for the team the fans liked him when, and and he would after any win he would go to the fans and he would raise his arms and try and get all the fans to, to give the all air cheers and stuff like that my dad at the time I was 11 said he's after the manager's job him well, <laughs> you can't blame him. You know, we're all in football and I can't blame Terry Butcher for wanting the Sunderland job because everybody wanted it. Did you sense was, it when he was playing at all? I didn't sense it when he was playing. I sensed it when he was going up to the crowd every game. Mm. And, yeah. But that didn't happen that often. If they lost, I didn't <laughs> see as much enthusiasm from him then, you know, if we'd lost the game. But... He did, he was good with the crowd and as a supporter, if you get players like that, you know, it's quite nice as a supporter to yeah. have a player do that really. So it didn't bother me. At the end of the day, if someone wants to get rid of me because Terry Butcher's getting the crowd behind him, but you know, that's I can't do anything about that. And I wasn't gonna turn around to Terry Butcher and say, Don't do that. Because the next thing would be why, and I'm not going to turn around and say because you're after my job. But, you know, it's that's like, what I wanted you to like, say. Though, it's a bit like I wanted school. that conversation to have happened. I know, but <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to do it, and um, it's not me make up to like whinge up about something like that. Um, the only problem I had with uh, Terry Butcher, and it wasn't really his problem. Bobby Ferguson used to tell the players every day how brilliant he, he was, you know, or how brilliant he'd been. And I had to like have a chat with Bobby and say, Bobby, you can't keep telling the lads, Butcher did this, Butcher did that, Butcher, because poor Terry Butcher's here and he's trying to play, and you're telling him how brilliant he was. But that was like six year ago or whatever, you know, whatever the time was, and um, you know he had been a top player, hadn't he? Mm. But you know that that was a bit history, not 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 in the present when he was mm. playing for Sunderland. It's interesting that you say you never confronted him or challenged him on it, but it's interesting that it was going through your mind when he was doing this whole theatrical performance at the end of the game and stuff like that. Not directly, like where you think, "All oh, right, he's he's after my job," but it, it was it was a cute. If if my dad, it was probably a similar age to you at the time, was thinking it. Then a lot of people must have been thinking I would have it. Thought the whole crowd were apart from <laughs> apart from you. Yeah, <laughs> I was eleven, so I didn't know what was going on. You didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I just think. Um, I would have prob- probably seen it start, but I'd have probably been up the tunnel by then and in the changing room. And, and it wasn't something that... I think I had more pressing uh, issues in that, you know, trying to win games. Um, mm. So, no, it didn't. It was just... Bobby <laughs> used to tell... It was always like, tell you this, tell you that, you know, and the players, like you could see them, and I had to have words with them about it. And it wasn't Butcher's fault, that. 
a couple of uh, games that stand out in that season for different reasons. So one is one that I just want to erase from my memory as much as possible. I'll, I'll hence, be bringing it up now, so that's not going to help. Um, that was six nil lost to West Ham, which was a tough one. That was because that was on live on telly. I remember. And, was uh, it six nil? I was think it was six nil. Yeah, <laughs> you've erased different memories. Well, six six one. That was a nightmare because um, we were doing all right, and then Dodden Gunman got a cut or something, and he came off. And then that ten minutes that scored two, I think. So we'd gone from like nil nil, playing well, quite well, and then Don came back on. We were two nil down, and then it just got worse. Talk about like getting a revenge result, you know. After we, after beating them in the cup, and it was it was a, it was hey, you, everybody has it in football where you you get a bit of a hammering, you know. But yeah, it wasn't nice at all, and uh, you have to just take it on the chin, don't you? As mm. a manager, you have to accept it and try and work your way around it, you know. You pulled us up a little bit from that point because you won a few games, three games in a row that I can see in November. Um, so by the time the uh, the new year was coming round, we were we were sort of mid table. Can't believe um, you never mentioned the games that we won. Like you I'm just said, mention, we won well, three. I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> After getting beat six them? nil, do you want to know them specifically? Go on, then I can't Wins. remember. Let me have a look where we are. Um, <laughs> win uh, Derby away one nil. Oh yeah. Southend away one nil. Um, Barnsley at home two one. Right. Mickey Gray scored after about thirty seconds. That Barnsley game. I missed it. <laughs> was that his debut? No, it was his home it? debut. Yeah, his home debut, and I missed it. I was coming out down the tunnel. Everyone was going mental. <laughs> and I'm like, Mickey Gray's just scored with a volley, wasn't it? I went, all right, good, that's good. <laughs> that's nice. Good start. And he was a great kid, wasn't he? Mm. Mickey Gray. Season of one you'll have had at the youth team and, and made the decision to bring him in? Well, a lot of these players were uh, down to Jim Morrow. He was the uh, like youth development, if you like, officer. And Jim was the lad... Jim Morrow was the fella who uh, brought all them players in, you know, and he did a fantastic job and he doesn't probably get enough credit for it. Um, he'd been like an England, he'd been a teacher and he'd worked with England schools for years and everything and he was, he, you know, he knew a good a good young player. And he brought Rushy in, he brought Mickey Gray in from different clubs, you know, Notts County and Man United. And uh, all them players that were there, he, he'd been involved in bringing them in so a lot of it alright I worked with them and coached them but Jim was the person who brought them in by the time Christmas goes we, we go out in the FA Cup and we beat Notts County in round three away I remember that game as well we lost to Sheffield Wednesday away can you remember what happened with our winning goal in that game Tony Norman dropped the ball right in front of the striker Mark Bright the last minute yeah oh injury time yeah I can't remember it now. <laughs> so that's at Hillsborough. I can obviously remember we, everything. We, we played at Hillsborough the year before the semi-final, obviously, and we went to Sheffield Wednesday and we took thousands down that All game. Right. And we played well as well. We were very um, good. Yeah, and, and that was... that was. I think, wasn't there a fan they named it's an easy one for Norman or something? I think there might It was been. referenced to that yeah, moment yeah. because I think the commentator actually said, oh, that, and that's an easy one for Norman. It and then was. he dropped it. It was Mark Bright, wasn't it? Yeah, And he, he dropped just, it right onto his head. And to be fair, he came in, he was in tears, Tony, you know. I think I was as well, <laughs> but uh, because we, you know, we were off and up and running again. We we thought we had a draw. We're taking them back to Sunderland, uh, and it wasn't a B. It was like a real blow that was. It was so simple a catch, you know. Nobody putting them under any pressure. Um, 
but you know when you've got players they don't do it on purpose so there's only one more game for you after that Malcolm is there uh, we, we, we lose that and then we lose at home to Watford 2-1 yeah. Yeah. and then the decision comes uh, 1st of February I believe yeah um, not, that yeah, not that you probably want to etch that date in your mind or anything um, were you expecting it at the time uh, oh, I must have been thinking about it because you know we, had, we hadn't done very well so um, you know it wasn't easy for everybody and I remember we went to Tramia didn't we to play Tramia mm. and it, it was called off wasn't it and Terry Butcher dropped me off. He was uh, he was going back to Ipswich where he lived, and I said uh, I won't go back on the coach. I'll go and watch a game. So I went to Crew. He dropped me off at Crew, and I watched Crew. And then I had to get a train back, and I got back at like twelve o'clock at night or something, on a Saturday night. Changed about twice, I think, trains, and then uh, eventually got home. And then on the Monday morning. It was a bad result because the game had called off and I'd got the sack, yeah. <laughs> so this so was... You lost on the, on the pool. The you pools. got lost on the pool. It was a home win. And they give a home win. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great quiz question, isn't it? Everyone <laughs> always... But, um, no, it was... Uh, and Bob didn't sack me. Like He didn't come in and sack me. It was, um, I think, Jeff Davison, one of the directors. So I was disappointed Bob didn't have it. Didn't even call you or anything, though? No. No. So this was face to face. One of his directors called you in for a meeting. It was Jeff Davison and one of the directors. I'm trying to think who it was. I can't quite remember, but that's you know, it doesn't really matter who tells you in a, in a way because mm. they're telling you you're being sacked, aren't you? So, did you know who they were going to give it to? I think everybody did, didn't they? <laughs> Your dad did. <laughs> well, I knew what was going to happen, yeah. As soon as I left, I knew that, well, I think they announced him a few hours later, didn't they? So Terry might have been in the car with you and he, he might have known. Possibly. Possibly, that's why he probably gave me the lift. <laughs> <laughs> Dropped me well, off he, right outside the sure, ground. He's like, are you sure you want to go to this game? Are you positive? <laughs> I'll just take you home. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know... Um, it, it was all obviously set up but most jobs are set up aren't they you know when people yeah. get the sack normally people have somebody in mind that, you know like you said Neil Warnock was always going to get the job here and Neil in his book said at the time I didn't want to take the job cause, because I was my mate and he was doing alright so and then if you remember we beat Notts County in that FA Cup game yeah. and Neil got the sack after that. Right. So I, I was getting all my mates to sack. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, that's, it's, 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 a, it's a rough, it's tough, isn't it, at times? I can only end one way, can't it? Unless you Alex Ferguson or Arsene Wenger, someone like that who's winning every week. It can, it can only end one way, doesn't it? You know it's going to yeah. end, it usually ends negatively. Yeah, you know, when you take a job on in football, like... The, you know there's going to eventually one day where you, you're going to have a bad time and you're going to, you're going to lose your job. Um, I just, you know, the only things I regret are like not having longer. You know, to be given a year doesn't really give supporters or me a lot of... Like, it doesn't give you the confidence to say, well, you know, I've earned... A year's not really enough. A year's not enough. 
Um, and, you, you know, at times you do need to be given a longer contract, even though they might still sack you early, but it gives you that a bit more confidence. Did, did you always feel maybe there was a, a reluctance then from, from Bob to, to give you the job? Obviously, you're saying the fans influenced it a lot, but so long before they give you the contract, your contract, that sacking you quite quickly... Well, I don't think we have to blame just Bob, you know, because when you're, um, you're okay, you're the chairman, but you've got a board of directors yeah. as well, so it's a group thing, yeah. Um, you know, and um, they didn't. It wasn't done very well when they gave me the job, you know. I was like, I was at Blackburn, and they said, "Oh, we're going to announce it in a hotel in Blackburn," and I was like, "Well, we're preparing for the game, and it, it didn't seem right the way they did it." You know, it should have been done here at Walker Park. Um, and it wasn't, but you have to remember, all right, Bob, I'm sure I had the final say, but there's a board as well. Yeah. And, they, you know, they could have all agreed, yeah, let's do it. Let's move them on and get somebody else. And obviously having Terry Butcher around, uh, it made, them, made the job probably a bit easier for them. Do you have... It was a quick whirlwind of a... A spell in charge, I guess, or a year more or less in charge, FA Cup final. It's obviously the club you supported, and I can only imagine that you look back generally quite fondly at the whole thing. Is there anything you regret or wish you'd done differently, or you think might have things might have been different for you if you if I'd just done that or I'd just done this? Well, I think that me, my biggest regret, and it's it's not it's it's a bit harsh on me saying this, but. You know, I should have got maybe someone a bit younger as, like, me, me right-hand man. Um, because Bobby was at an age where, you know, I think he sort of lost that energy that he obviously had when he was working um, with Ipswich for years, you know, because there was no doubt about it, he'd been a top coach. Um, and losing Paul Bracewell was the biggest regret. And I should have had more help on that one. And that, that one was a big disappointment. And even more so when you go to Newcastle United and leave Sunderland and, you know, I'm up against Kevin Keegan, which didn't help. Because Kevin was getting all these, bringing all mm. these players in and we're 10 miles up the road and we're not, we're not being able to allow to bring these yeah. players in. And I love Kevin Keegan to bits, you know, he's a fantastic fella. But Brace... I was desperate to keep him. He'd been fantastic. When I had Roger Jones, and like I said, Roger wasn't doing the coaching, I was doing it all, and Roger was a big help in the office, Brace was brilliant. He was the key in the changing room. you know. So I'd get Brace in, this is how's it going, blah, 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 right? Brace would go down, explain what's going on. I didn't have to be there all the time, let them have their own environment. And he was fantastic. And he earned that. He deserved a two-year deal, you know. And it's not a big thing, a two-year contract. And Bob just took his heels in and he wouldn't give him a two-year. It was one year and that was it. Do you think he called his bluff and thought that Paul Bracewell, he's not going to move to Newcastle from Sunderland? Do you think there was an element of that? Do you know, I, I wouldn't know what he was thinking. I, I couldn't tell you what he was thinking. And he just took his heels in. It wasn't going to be a two-year and he had an agent, and his agent was trying to get the two years well, and I was trying to get it. And the, the thing was, Bracewell had been fantastic for me. 
played in the Premier League three, They've four years fantastic. later. I mean, it's it, for us, it, you know, it, came back. Yeah. It's and why were why were we letting somebody go who had such a big influence on the team? You know, and that was that was like made it really really hard for me as a manager because I'd lost a top player. And then, all right, if you'd have gone off to Hull City or somewhere, but to go off to Newcastle United and then do so well, the next thing mm. like they're winning the league and he's the captain, wasn't he, Brace? Yeah. I probably didn't help your cause either that season. Newcastle doing so well because you you try not make those comparisons, but you can't you you can't help it. And this was when the Premier League had just been formed and it was getting a lot of interest. And Newcastle, I mean, they smashed the league that season, didn't they? And that doesn't help as a Sunderland fan because it's no. like, it's almost like well, your that. face is rubbed in it on, a, on a daily basis. It was like round then when I started going, and I remember you know being at school and like it was like there was a few Sunderland fans. And, you know, it was like, because it was Keegan, you know, kids of our age, it was like, now nah, we're well, all going to go and support Newcastle. Yeah, and it was yeah. Just like, it's all that went on about you. Well, know? there's not in Sunderland, though. Well, it was in, it was in Shiny Road. I just, I just want to oh, clarify yeah. that, yeah, though, yeah, in case people Sunderland. listening think yeah. Sunderland fans <laughs> would just a, go off and start yeah, supporting Newcastle. It's a borderline uh, place. The Kevin Durham thing, too. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't help, though, you know, when Kevin comes. Well, I mean, he just kept them up, didn't he? Yeah, the season before that, yeah. Yeah, they just stayed up, you know, they were even worse off than we were. And had he not come in, I think they probably would have got relegated. You know, I think he'd give them that lift. And obviously then, they were getting, they were buying lots of players and good players. And it, it didn't help because they're top of the league and you're like struggling, you know. So it was. And when you've got your ex-captain playing for them and they're winning every week, you know, it was tough to take. So that, that, was, the, that was probably the biggest regret, losing praise. What, and and what John Byrne missing that yeah. chance in the final. <laughs> yeah. What chance was that? <laughs> <laughs> the one he missed on purpose. <laughs> I mean, there's not like you say, though. You can't. How can you affect that situation apart from storming and going? Listen, if you get rid of him, then I'm going to go or something like that. I mean, what well, can you? What can you do? You know. I know. I, I remember uh, loads and loads of coaches and managers ringing me up when uh, it was rumoured I was going to get this one-year deal. And they were like saying, don't take it, you know, you'll get a job, someone will give you a really good job for what's gone on. And of course, like, you're like, nah, I'm a Sunderland supporter, you know, why do I want to lose the opportunity there? And I might end up going, I don't know, I might have ended up getting a job wherever, but you don't turn the opportunity down. Whether people wanted you to have it or not, I wasn't going to turn it down. So, where. Uh, I probably would have got a better deal somewhere else at the time because of what was going on and the results. But, you know, you want to be manager of Sunderland. And yesterday I'm at the game, 30,000. And it's just a fantastic club. And you're just hoping, you know, as a supporter, that they kick on. They kick on. We seem to have a, a stable manager, which is great. Who's, who's like an organised manager and you've got some good young talent as well so I just I just hope uh, things improve you know you need you need 40,000 45,000 don't you because it's like anything the higher you go the more money you have to spend to make to make your team better you've got to get better quality all the time and that that becomes expensive Okay, we'd like to thank you for your time and joining us. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. 
Well, it's been great. Eventually, we did it. <laughs> uh, but it's great to meet you both, and hopefully, you know, we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. That's good. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.